When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, the unsportsmanlike crew, weekday 6A to 10A Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today. On the you know day- what's unsportsmanlike? What's that? Using a wide receiver flea flicker in the <laughs> third quarter when you're already up 42 to nothing to tack on points. But that's what my dog AP, the interim head coach of the LA or the Las Vegas Raiders, did last night on their way to a 63-21 win over the Chargers. 21. 21. 63. 63. We always say 21 on unsportsmanlike. Like Six. today, we need to say 63. 63. 63. 63. There it is. Highest amount of point total, the highest point total in Raiders franchise history. This is not a franchise that just showed up a couple of days ago. This is a franchise that has been around a long period of time. And as much as your former teammate Antonio Pierce deserves a ton of credit with that team, Aiden O'Connell dropping dimes last night, who they almost benched for a guy that they previously benched in Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the story has become Brandon Staley, head coach of the L.A. Chargers, who now fall to 5-9 to and nine on the season. The lifeless performance that they showed up with and the fact that as of now – he still has a job. And I say as of now because it is 7 a.m. in Los Angeles right now, and maybe he has not had that big meeting yet. But we're on for the next two hours before Carlin versus Joe. Do we anticipate over the next two hours this guy potentially getting bounced and us having breaking news from Adam Schefter about this? Well, they should fire him if for no other reason to send a statement about the standard at that organization and what they want the culture to be moving forward. We know that they're going to move on from Brandon Staley, whether they do it this weekend or whether they do it three weeks from now at the end of their regular season. But he ain't going to be the coach going into 2024. So I think this is an opportunity for the Spanos family and the organizational brass to hold somebody accountable for not only the embarrassment of last night, but the embarrassment that has been the 2023 season. And it only adds another layer of disappointment after what we saw in the postseason last year when they blew a 27-0 lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The worst part about all of this, though, Smalls, is the fact that this organization had a chance to hire Sean Payton last offseason, and they chose not to. How does that hire look for the Denver Broncos now? A team that started one and five ends up being seven and six and squarely in the mix for the playoff picture. And right now your team is in the cellar of the AFC West. Which is exactly why I don't think we should be on Brandon Staley watch today. Everything is there for you to go ahead and make this move if you're the Chargers. You should make this move. You should have made this move last year. Yep. But they didn't do it. This is an organization that oftentimes doesn't find themselves <laughs> making the right decisions or the decisions that would benefit their team. So that's why I don't think it's going to happen. I think that despite the Las Vegas Raiders putting up 63 points against you <laughs> a week after they scored zero points going into this game, we didn't even know what the quarterback situation was going to be. That should be enough for you to do it, but I don't think they're going to. I think they'll wait till the end of the season, which is a shame. 
So let's play it out the other way then. Let's say we, we run the Chargers and we have made the decision not to fire him. And I know none of us agree with that, but let's try to justify their decision-making behind not firing him. Is there a justification that all of a sudden the Chargers say today he will finish the season and we will evaluate then? Is there any reason why they would do that? Well, I think people would point to key contributors for the Chargers being out at various points this season. I mean, you talk about Rashawn Slater. You look at what happened with Austin Eckler being banged up earlier. Mike Williams out for the season. Joey Bosa out. So I I guess you could point to those injuries being difficult to overcome. But I think this is about the overall body of work. Brandon Staley is the definition of average. Through 48 games, he's 24 and 24. And he's got that ugly playoff loss on his resume, a game that they had no business losing. And it's not the fact that they're just losing, but it's also what it looks like. Last night wasn't competitive, not because you were outclassed from a talent standpoint. It's because your team played sloppy football. You had five turnovers in that game. Three fumbles lost in the first half. You lost a fumble about every single way you could lose a fumble in a football game. You lost one when your punt returner fumbled the ball. You lost one when your running back fumbled the ball. You lost one on a strip sack. And on a strip sack in the second half, it ends up being a a thick six. The defensive tackle, John Jenkins, houses it, and there's nobody from that Chargers offense even remotely close in terms of trying to chase him down and tackle him. You had another defensive score for the Raiders, a pick six by Jack Jones. Those are absolutely inexcusable plays. But again, it comes back to Brandon Staley losing that locker room, losing the trust, the confidence of the players, because it's clear and obvious that they don't believe they have a path to victory. Once Justin Herbert went down, and once they knew they were going to be rocking with Easton or Nick Easton or Easton Stick, Easton Stick, yeah. Easton Stick for the rest of the for rest of the year, they realized we got no shot at being able to win football games. Well, that to me is more of an indictment on Brandon Staley than it is a reason to keep him around. Because how many starting quarterbacks, really good, talented starting quarterbacks, have gone down this season? And we haven't seen a team perform like that. I mean, there was no life in the Chargers last night. The Bengals lost Joe Burrow. We certainly haven't seen them have a performance like we saw last night. The Browns have been in quarterback purgatory the entire season. There's an, the Vikings. There's an entire list of teams. The Colts. The Colts. Thank you. There's another one. You could throw the Cardinals them. even with Josh Dobbs early for, That's for it. another Kyler, one. Competitive at least. Yeah. So I don't think that losing your starting quarterback is a reason to bring him back because if he was the guy, they would have shown a little bit more fight in themselves than we saw last night. He's not coming back. There's no chance they could justify bringing him back. But the problem is what you missed out on by not firing him this past offseason. The the opportunity cost in staying with Brandon Staley and not going a different direction and hiring Sean Payton, knowing that you had a young quarterback that by a lot of people's accounts – seems to be a top-five talent at the position. It just didn't make sense when they did it. And now, the higher that you're going to make this offseason puts you in a position where you're going to have the third-best coach in the division at best. Think about that. Unless, what if it's Belichick? You still saying third? I mean, you could still say third-best because we're talking about in the moment, not historically. Yeah. Right? You could still theoretically say that. That, now, listen, that would be on the board, but right now Belichick currently has a job. So I don't want to go there, but I'm just simply saying right now, based on where this franchise is, their reputation for not wanting to spend money. Right, and you'd have to spend yeah. again. Exactly, yeah. you'd have to spend exactly. again, Belichick. It doesn't seem likely that they're going to find a head coach that's going to come in and be better than Sean Payton, that's going to come in and be better than Andy Reid. 
And that's the problem with what they've done. You've now taken a talent in Justin Herbert, who you've invested a quarter of a billion dollars in, and you've put him in a situation where he's going into a season with his third head coach in five years? That, that is unfortunate for one of the best young quarterbacks in the National Football League. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you in for Greeny today. The Unsportsmanlike Crew, our morning show here on ESPN Radio, sitting in for Greeny. Now, the Chargers, as Smalls has said forever, are the ultimate meh franchise. They're just kind of blah. They're in between, et cetera. They are a team that is underachieved forever. Like forever. A franchise that is underachieved forever. Are the Chargers the most consistently underachieving franchise in sports? And if not, who is? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I mean, you know where I'm going with this. The Angels had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. (laughs) They were teammates for six seasons. Zero winning seasons, zero playoff appearances. It does not get worse than that. Yeah, I mean, they had four of the last eight MVPs on that team between (laughs) those two guys. That's insane to frame it that way. But, yeah, the Chargers are definitely definitely high on the list. I don't know if I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I I don't know if I'm going to go with the Angels either. I I got one. What do you got? Now, it's over two franchises, and Cam, who's from Philadelphia, producer, may not like this, or Pennsylvania area. I think Daryl Morey franchises are the most underachieving franchises. Wow. When he was with the Rockets, oh, we could have won a title if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. James Harden is the best offensive player ever, better than Michael Jordan. Then he goes to Philadelphia, and he's got Joel Embiid. He's got a great record. He's got Doc Rivers. He's got all these things, and they don't win. The Daryl Morey franchises, and I know that that may be a little bit of a cop-out because I'm choosing two franchises, but Daryl Morey franchises, a lot of people in and around the NBA think, oh, he's Better at accumulating and acquiring talent than anybody. He always has stars. Cool. I'm sitting next to a Super Bowl champ. You're sitting next to a Super Bowl champ. I look at maybe winning it all as kind of winning. And I understand how hard that is. I'm not claiming I could do it. But he's considered that elite level executive. Daryl Morey franchises, to me, are underachieving, whether it's the Rockets or the Sixers. What about the Clippers? That's a good one. But now they were terrible for a long period of time. But, but over the last 20, 15, 20, 20 years. 20 years. I mean, yeah. think about it. They had Lob City with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. And then they have mm-hmm. this rendition with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, I mean, now they've added James Harden, Russell Westbrook. I mean, don't we have to look at them as underachieving? Can yes. I, oh, absolutely. Can I throw in another one? What about the Dallas Cowboys? Ooh, 27-year conference championship lot, game drought. A lot it's of been talent. a long time. A lot since, of talent since coming that 95, It's been a long time since that 95 championship, ain't it? You have had families have kids. Their kids have been married off and have started families of their own. That's how long it's been for the Cowboys. So how do we look oh, at this in terms of – Oh, is that how long of, it's been? <laughs> Bubba. Here so we how go, do you Bubba. Wait, but how do you guys look at this? Sorry, so, folks. like, if – Bubba as a Cowboys fan. If a franchise has won, like, ever in our lifetime, let's say, Right and or let's say over the last fifty years, if a franchise has won over the last fifty years, can we call them underachieving? Like it, depend, it depends on the talent level on that team, though. Like it depends on where they're at. Like there are certain franchises, for instance, the Green Bay Packers, 
Aaron Rodgers. I gave agree. Him, it feels gave like him, gave him 18 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Yep. They not only won one, but only got to one Super Bowl. Yep, that's one. underachieving for sure. He's got four MVPs I agree with during you, his time in the Packers uniform. Yeah. That's underachieving. I agree time. with you. Big time. Yeah. It feels like it. Now, we're, we're acknowledging we're going to hold the underachievers to a higher standard. Yeah. Right? So, like, hey, once you have Favre and Rodgers for 30 years, to only win two and go to three feels like an extremely low number. Like, the Chargers would love to have that. They've only been to the one with the, in, what, 95 against the Cowboys yeah. that they lost, or 96, whatever it was. Yes. Do we want to call Do we want to call the 94. Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott underachievers? How about the entirety of the organization? Wow. No, I'm asking. Yeah. Like, they went to four and they lost That's all four. Wild. That is wild. But that is an achievement to get to four in a row. Can you imagine right now if I told you it's there's an NFL team? It's statistically harder to get to four straight Super Bowls than it is to actually win one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Probably wild. harder than to win two. It's wild to right. me. We probably, yeah, you think you'd fall into one. Yeah, you, th- you think so. <laughs> I mean, we saw the Chiefs and we saw the Patriots in recent memory win two in a short sp- – uh, in four years. Yeah, two and four, yep. Right? So there's been two teams since – and I could be wrong on my – well, the Cowboys too. So we would see three teams since the Bills went to four in a row get, get to two titles within four years. Chiefs too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's almost impossible. But we're looking at it as under. We're looking at it, yeah. But again, that's why I go back to the Angels. You guys, they've had what we consider to be an all-time player in Shohei Otani and universally what we consider to be the best player in baseball for many years in Mike Trout. Zero playoff appearances. I mean, how is that not the slam dunk answer? Because they're the Angels. And no one cares? Nobody cares. They're yeah. the second best team in LA. Yeah, yeah. I can see but that. that. Because- is a, that's a sports crime. To have those two guys on your team and you can't make it to the playoffs, that's a sports crime. Right, but Smalls, you're talking about, first of all, anytime we deviate from football, right, it became less people are always interested, less than football, right? Away from football, right? So then you talk about a team in the Angels that people in their own sport don't even acknowledge, right? I mean, like, that's where it's a little bit tricky because the Angels, the second team in their city or surrounding city, Dodgers are way more relevant. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the Chargers. We're talking about two teams that are literally your definition of meh. Yeah. They're the ultimate definition of meh. But it does become interesting that if a team has won – can we consider them underachieving, which CC properly counters with, okay, you would like to say the Packers didn't underachieve with Rodgers? You have to. You have to say that. Let me throw this one out there. If the Kansas City Chiefs only win two Super Bowls with Mahomes, the ones that they've already got, is that underachieving? Hold that thought. Coming up, mm. your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Dr. Pepper call in line. Are the Chargers the most consistently underachieving franchise in sports? If not, who is it's the Unsportsmanlike crew, along with Michelle Swoman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Brandon Staley on the field, Antonio Pierce on the field, and this is a score gummy, first time ever we have had a 63-21 final. We just didn't have a good game tonight. We didn't have it uh, from the beginning to the end. It's just one of those games where nothing went right for us. Is it a little early? No. Or we're, we can do it? We're 10 days away from 10 days away, you can still do it? Just, it, I thought it would be like early. next what week. What are you talking about a little early? A little early. <laughs> a little late, asking. if anything. Just asking. Oh, yeah, we're late, if anything. We... We're late to play Jingle Bell Rock? I mean, it'd be different if we were playing this before Thanksgiving. It would be yes. the worst question I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, honestly, right? yeah, I start the Christmas tunes going the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's a little early. I know Christmas is uh, 10 days away. Just say <laughs> right? Isn't it the 12 days of Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we within that? Well, yeah. A lot of birds gifting. Right. Well, last night was the eighth day of Hanukkah, in case you haven't figured out why I'm asking these questions. Evan's locked in on Hanukkah, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. I do appreciate that. The Unsportsmanlike crew in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance, Loma Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. The Chargers were horrific last night. They lost to a team in the Raiders, 63-21, who scored zero points the week before. Zero. And by the way, I think for me, the the number that has kind of put this all in perspective they were seven points away from what the Dolphins did to the Broncos this year, which we talk about all year of like yeah. they put up 70 points in a game and they could have put up more in that game. No, nah, but that one felt different, though. Like that, that ass whipping that the Raiders gave the Chargers felt worse than, really? what, than, what, than what the Dolphins did to the Broncos. At least there was a, a moment in that game early on where the Dolphins and the Broncos was competitive. At no point last night was that game competitive. Yeah. That was an embarrassment. Think about this. They up 42 to nothing, and AP comes out after halftime, and Kaylee Hartung from Prime is interviewing him, and they saying, what was your message to your team? His message, keep your foot on the gas pedal. And true to form, he runs a double pass with the wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, throwing a touchdown to Devontae Adams to go up 49 nothing. Like, they're doing it any kind of way they wanted to do it, on the charges. They had two defensive scores in the second half. They had five total takeaways. I mean, they beat them from pillar to post. It wasn't competitive, which is why, number one, I hope AP ends up landing the job because yeah. the team has responded to him. But number two, the Chargers have to make a coaching change now. They have to make a statement about what they want to be moving forward, especially when they have a generational talent in Justin Herbert. I love that message from Antonio Pierce, too. Yeah. That we are going to keep our foot on the gas at all times. Yeah. We're a team that if we, we get a lead, we're going to keep coming. I but, love that energy, but remember, especially from remember the Remember what he said post-game, Spaws? He said, my guy scored zero points a week ago, and they felt the way about it. So I wasn't going to stop him from scoring yeah, points. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And when we compare it to the Dolphins-Broncos game, I always look at that game through a different lens. At the time, they certainly weren't doing great, but – 
Sean Payton had come in. He was trying to reestablish a culture, clean up a huge mess from last year. Russell Wilson was still trying to find his way. It's a different version of the Broncos, and it was a different point in the season. At this point with Brandon Staley, there's no excuse for that, even losing your starting quarterback. You're right about that because I would actually argue, and he'll never admit this in year one, maybe not even in the offseason, five years from now he has a successful Broncos tenure. I bet you Sean Payton will say, I'm glad that happened. That 70-20 to was the best thing that could have happened to the Broncos because he gave him the opening to say, you want to do it that way? Here's how we're going to do it. This is the closing for Brandon Staley's career probably. It's a lot different. This is not a jumping-off point. This is a jump-off point that he's done. 888-SAY-ESPN. Which sports franchise has been the biggest underachiever? We talk about the Chargers as potentially that. Roger in Tucson, Arizona joins us here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Morning, guys. Morning. Got to be the Lions. We've had Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Ooh. Matt Stafford, and still haven't done anything. That is such That's a, a good, good one. You had two guys walk away in their primes yeah. and say, I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Not just two guys, two of the best ever. And two of the best ever. Yeah, gold jacket players. Or like, like, you uncle. know what, I'm done. Do you want to play football anywhere else? Nope, I'm good. Uncle, <laughs> playing, I'm for the, playing for the Lions was enough. <laughs> I don't know that I look at them as underachievers, as crazy as that sounds. There's a, there's a label for the Lions. I don't know what the label is. Lovable loser. Yeah, well, it's probably that. But something. it's, it's more in like the Jets and Browns bad luck kind of franchise to me because of what we just said were there any Lions teams historically that you looked at and said okay this team should absolutely be in the NFC title game they haven't been great over the last 20 years to say the least they're much better now they have an important game this weekend against Denver to me I don't know how much underachieving an aptitude maybe drafting a wide receiver top the draft every year for a while yeah I guess they don't have the expectations that Correct. some of those other teams that are huge disappointments do like coming into this season from a talent standpoint Nobody argued whether or not the Chargers could get to the playoffs. Matter of fact, we said it'd be a disappointment if they didn't get back to the playoffs. The same way we looked at the New York Jets coming into this season. Both have been massive disappointments. I don't think anybody would look at the Lions and say that, although we did expect that they could defend for a division title this year. Right. They're still 9-4. and Can I throw one more out there? Now that we're having this conversation, it just popped in my mind. Can we throw the Colts into the conversation? You're hand-gifted Andrew Luck after Peyton Manning, and you run him out of the league, basically. You don't protect him. Are they in that conversation? Inept more than underachieving, the way they operated then in in just not protecting that guy? I guess I just assume if you have a franchise quarterback like that, and you don't do anything with it, that that's underachieving. Because it's so hard to find that guy. Dominic in San Fran joins us here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. What's up, Dominic? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, the whole nine yards. I think it starts when they play Christmas Vacation. The Chinese, yeah, oh, what a movie, Holiday Road. That song I love. <laughs> it's yeah, just awesome. Exactly. Oh, so good. The Chevy yeah. Chase movie back in the day, yeah. Smalls, you haven't seen it, have you? Oh, I love it. When, okay, when, okay. We're, when we're talking football, I mean, you got to take into account you got 22 guys. I think the greatest underachiever as far as a percentage of superstars being on a team has got to go, and I'm not a big basketball fan, but it's got to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. When they had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, I mean, three out of five – superstars and and one squat yeah that's an interesting one they got to the finals they lost the heat that year in 2013 they also had Serge Ibaka Kendrick Perkins was there for a minute our teammate here at ESPN those are three hall of fame players they had them in the early portion of their prime 
you know, I mean, Harden was a, a star more so in Houston than he was in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Durant, to me, became the untouchable in Golden State, not just because of the title, but because of his defense. I thought his defense was phenomenal yeah. in Golden State. And then Westbrook was better without them than he was with them. But when you think back to underachieving, yeah, I mean, they were on the same team, all of them together. Can't, can't deny that one. No, not going to push back on that even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they did get to a finals, and they got blasted. Yep. Uh, Alice in Pittsburgh on ESPN Radio. What's up, Alice? I love your show, guys. Hey, um, the Steelers are underachievers. When we look at – I've been a Steelers fan since the 70s, and I've seen the Steel Curtain. I've seen all those teams. We had a hall, potentially Hall of Fame quarterback, all the talent we've had. We haven't won a playoff game in like 15 years. And Mike Tomlin hasn't had any losing seasons, but we haven't had winning seasons either. And I, I still think that they're one of the biggest underachievers in recent years. Well, you haven't had a good quarterback in like eight years. So there's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tail end of Ben Roethlisberger, he was a shell of himself. And then you've had, what, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges. <laughs> Duck. And, and, and yeah. still, Mike Tomlin finds a way to be 500 or better. Like, I get what we're, what we're trying to say is that they're underachieving, but the biggest problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers is they ain't had a quarterback in almost a decade. That's a problem, and you're not going to have a lot of success when the competition stiffens and the style of football changes once you get to the playoffs if you don't have a good quarterback. Let's go a little deeper on this because the Steelers are an interesting thing. Ben Roethlisberger comes out there and says, oh, the Steelers' way may be dying or whatever he said with that and kind of alluded to it's not the same as it once was. What she just said, I believe, is the feeling around a lot of Steelers fans sure. because they have the expectation of Super Bowl or bust every single year because they're the Steelers. Outside looking in, none of the three of us are Steelers fans. All of the three of us have immense respect for the Steelers organization. You had a rivalry with them for a long period of time with the Ravens, CC, And we all think Mike Tomlin is a first ballot, unanimous Hall of Fame coach. The Steeler fan does not look at it the way that the non-Steeler fan does. I think the non-Steeler fan is actually more complimentary of the Steelers than the Steeler fan is. Because we look at it and say, are you kidding? You have a winning record every year. Your roster wouldn't indicate having a winning record every year. And your head coach gets you there? What are you complaining about? And the Steeler fan would say, well, we should be winning Super Bowls. With Mitch Trubisky and Kitty Pickett? I agree. Are you kidding me? You should be winning Super Bowls? Stop yourselves. Get over yourselves. Listen, if you don't like Mike Tomlin, if you want to get rid of Mike Tomlin, he'd have a job in a New York minute. As soon as as you clipped him, somebody would have, or a few somebodies would have their private jets pulling up in Pittsburgh to take him to, to one of those vacancies around the National Football League. He's one of the three or four best coaches in the NFL. 17 years, he hasn't had a season below 500. What are we talking about? If you want to blame somebody for the lack of postseason success, blame Omar Khan, the general manager. Blame the front office. But don't sit here and blame Mike Tomlin. All he's done is find a way to have your team firmly positioned in the wild card picture. Right now, they're sixth in the playoff seating in the AFC. And I'm sorry, You've had Alex Highsmith miss significant time. You've had Cam Hayward be on the IR. You've had Minka Fitzpatrick be on the IR. And now your starting quarterback has been out multiple games. And yet you're still sixth in the AFC playoff standings. Which is bonkers. Steelers fans, (laughs) stop yourselves. I get your frustration, but it ain't with Mike Tomlin. It's with the front office. Let me just say one thing about Mike Tomlin here. There are very few people, if any, in sports that you could say this about. The kind of person that works for a sports team as a coach, that if he were a free agent, if he were fired, any business, 
any walk of life, any sport would want to hire him. Yeah. Of course. The Lakers, CC loves the Lakers. They would call Mike Tomlin, hey, you're not coaching football this year. We're not interested in you coaching basketball. Be we don't know consultant. what you're going to do. Yeah, Just be, hang around. Be, yeah. be you're going to help us get better with sales. I mean, he's okay. that. It's Mike Tomlin. Yes, but then isn't that the point? You have him. He's your head coach. But what does he have? I, I get all that, but isn't that the whole point? We're talking about franchises that are underachieving. If you have a head coach like Mike Tomlin, it's a sports crime to not put the talent on the field that he needs in order to win. It's so hard to find a franchise quarterback. It's so hard to find a head coach. I think when I the lens that I look through this, this conundrum or this proposition for is, do you have one of those two things? And if you do and you're not winning, then you're underachieving. Like, hey, Give those two things again, Smalls. A head coach or a manager that you would say is a Hall of Famer and a franchise-caliber quarterback and or a star player, because we're talking about sports in general. Also, there are certain organizations that are held to a different standard. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. You're a Yankee fan. I'm a Cardinal fan. Our version of success is very different than a, a, a Rays fan. Yeah, no doubt. Or a Pirates fan. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the NFL, a Chargers fan or a Jaguars fan. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way you're viewing success is very different than was it a winning season. It's are we winning Super Bowls. And so, therefore, if we are applying that to this conversation, they have underachieved. So – Perfect transition, and we are uh, Unsportsmanlike crew. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you in for Greeny today, of course, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. When you have an elite Hall of Fame-level head coach and when you have an elite Hall of Fame-level quarterback, the expectation is you should be playing late into January and into February. The Kansas City Chiefs have obviously done that for the last four years. This year feels a little clunky. Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, the two brothers, of course, in the NFL, have a podcast, the New Heights podcast, and Travis went off this week on the podcast about those, like us, criticizing his wide receivers. There's a lot of media pointing fingers at uh, some of the skill players that we have. I say that, and excuse my language, uh, we usually cuss in lighthearted ways, but I felt like you guys had to feel that, whoever's talking on uh, on the the skill players in uh, in our offense right now, man. It's um this is a group effort, and when you turn the film on, what's real is that we got guys that can play this game, and we got guys that we can have success with and win with and win championships with. I know it. I've been on championship caliber teams. Well, I think that what we've seen from the Chiefs is a lot of misplaced and misdirected frustration. Mm. Referees, media, easy targets. Kadarius Tony. Less of an easy target for those on the team. And I'm just, I shouldn't necessarily just bring him up because it's others as well. When you go after what is deemed to be an easy target, like refs and like media, Travis Kelsey's way too smart. I don't think he actually cares about the media. I don't think he cares about the refs. I think he cares about his own team. I'm taking that as they're really frustrated and they're going to take it out on us. Yeah, but I don't understand how it serves the Kansas City Chiefs to sit here and have this outrage toward the media or the refs. Like that's the part that doesn't make sense because that can't help you fix the problems that you're dealing with. All you do is make excuses for guys that should be more productive. Like it, it ain't the ref's fault that they made the right call with Kadarius Tony being offsides. He was offsides. That that is not a matter of opinion. That is a matter of fact. So when people are talking about your team, it's not that they want to talk crap. They are just talking about the observations that your receiving core drops the football. They lead the league in drops through week 14. It's hard to have success when your team is doing it that way. It's fair to say Kadarius Tony cost the Kansas City Chiefs an opportunity to beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Fair or not? Fair. 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 Is it fair to say MVS in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles cost the Chiefs an opportunity to win inside of two minutes, drops a dime, 
that Pat Mahomes puts on him. Fair or not? Fair. Uh, Okay, so we're talking about two games where the Chiefs receivers, by virtue of not doing things that are fundamental to the position, which is catching the ball and lining up properly, cost your team an opportunity to win games. All of a sudden, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs as a double-digit win team and inside track for the number one seed in the AFC. Instead, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs trying to hang on to a division lead for dear life with a one-game head start over the Denver Broncos, a team that's already beat them once head-to-head. It's an absolute embarrassment to think about how far from grace this franchise has fallen, but I don't blame the guys in the locker room. I blame the people for putting them in that situation. And shame on Andy Reid and Brett Veach for not surrounding Pat Mahomes with the requisite talent in his receiving core to continue to allow one of the best players in the sport, if not the best player in the sport, to continue to contend at a championship level. Because they can't win a title with this receiving core. No, they, they can't. And I think we're starting to see the cracks get a little bigger for – Travis Kelsey, to make these comments, first of all, you are the media. You're having these comments. You're saying these comments on a podcast. So stop pointing the finger at the media. Yes, you're a professional football player. You're also a slashy. You're a football player slash podcaster. You have one of the most successful podcasts in the country. Everybody's talking about New Heights every single week. You're in the media. Really? I hadn't heard. You're in the media. So, So don't point fingers at us. You're one of us. You're one of us. Also, to say if you turn on the film, you're going to see something different. Where do you think we have arrived at this conclusion from? We are watching the games. We have seen the tape. We got the same film you do, dog. We got the same film you do. But then it makes me think, are we starting to see the cracks get bigger? Because in years past, I think the response would be, it's not good enough. Yes, this is our fault. It's not good enough. We're going to go out there and have a different version of ourselves. Instead, it's pointing the finger at us. It's pointing the finger at the refs. And to me, that is a sign of maybe what the state of the Kansas City Chiefs is right now. I have to be honest and own something, though. I would have operated the same way that the Chiefs front office did. The moment that Juju Smith-Schuster wanted a big deal, I would say... Sure, go get it somewhere else. The moment Tyreek Hill said he wanted a big deal, I would say, sure, go get it somewhere else. And the Tyreek Hill thing has worked for both parties. Like, they won after him, and he's been amazing, obviously. We know that. But I would – I see, I have a tough time going after the front office because in the same situation, I would have probably made the same decision. I would have been wrong. I would have, as you've said, CeCe, probably take the quarterback for granted and said, Patrick, listen, I am paying you because you're the greatest we've seen at this position in this league since Brady – and I'm going to take C-level wide receivers, and you're going to make them into B-level wide receivers, and we're going to be okay. I'm not going to pay B-level wide receivers A-level money. I need to pay it to everyone else. I would have been wrong, and I think that's what they are doing this year. But it shouldn't be C-level wide receivers. When you invest a second-round pick at a wide receiver, that guy should be a good player. He should be above average to good. Like, that's what you're expecting. Like, Rishi Rice is a second-round pick. Sky Moore is a second-round pick. You flipped the third-round pick for Kadarius Toney from the Giants. Those should all be really good players. Right, that you've given up value for them to be yeah, valuable, yeah. and they're not valuable. Yeah, I mean, Clyde right Edwards-Alaire, running back you took in the first round, is a nothing burger. Now, but Pacheco is very good, a seventh-round pick, right? Yeah, but, but my point is you're investing significant draft capital in these guys, and you're doing that to keep the cost uh, 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 in terms of your skill position core down. And the only working. way to get top-tier talent at controllable cost is to draft them. And you're not drafting well. So that's why I'm pointing the figure of blame at Andy Reid and Brett Veach. They deserve their share of criticism sitting here today because it's clear and obvious to me that Pat Mahomes doesn't have enough weapons to do the job. Mm-hmm.
Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Miko Harmon, second-round pick. I'm just running down the list of picks that they've used over the last five years since Pat Mahomes has been the starter. These are all guys that should be a lot better from a production standpoint than they've shown this year. All right, we got to get to sneaky Cam trivia. Hembo is out today. Cam will ask the trivia question. When we come back, we will answer it. Cam, what is the sneaky Cam trivia today? All right, Josh Allen, as we all know, has thrown a pick in nine straight games. Which NFL quarterback has the record for most picks thrown in consecutive games that they played in? Coming up, trivia answer next. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greenie, the podcast. Not too early for this, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the Unsportsmanlike crew in for Greenie today, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Swellman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Before we dive into what should be the game of the weekend between the Cowboys and the Bills, sneaky Cam trivia with Hembo out today. Cam, 
the question. All right. So, Josh Allen, nine straight games with a pick. Which NFL quarterback has the record for most interceptions thrown in consecutive or most consecutive games? Whoa, sorry, sorry. Uh, most consecutive games with an interception thrown. There we go. Oh, Bubba. Don't worry. I won't pick and choose on his words if I get it wrong. Uh, Bubba, go ahead. Kick us off on your answer. I'm going to go with Cowboys legend Vinny Testaverde. Wow. Threw a ton of passes. Played for a long period of time. Monster arm. Hold on. Did he say which current or which quarterback? In NFL history. NFL, NFL history. history. I mean, no one knows what he said because he messed it up six times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm just trying to figure that out. Smalls? I'm going to go with a guy who we know is guaranteed to turn the ball over. My pick is Jameis Winston. Oh, good one. Trick Had a 30-30 year. Trick or That's... treat Jameis Winston. 30 yeah. for 30. Not named after him, but could have been. Could have been. been. We missed what an opportunity I with that one. What if I told oh, you? I mean, it has to be sneaky, right? So Are you looking somewhere... it up? I am looking it up. No! no you <laughs> Wait, can't what? do this. I am looking it up. All right, what? then I'm going. I'm going. I My answer, I was actually thinking about Peyton Manning, but I don't think it's Peyton Manning. My answer is Philip Rivers because he, like Josh Allen, one. was a turnover machine at times, especially in the fourth quarter late. This, is CC automatically eliminated because he's looking it up? <laughs> I well, think I he is. I haven't found the answer, but I'm just going to go ahead and make a guess. I haven't found the answer because I was looking at current quarterbacks, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw one out there. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Also a good guess. Uh, none of you are correct. Wow. Because I bungled the question so much. I'll get, cut you some slack. The NFL record, most straight games with a pick thrown, is Joe Namath. 20 straight games with a pick. He threw 37 picks in that time from 1970 to 1973. Wow. wow. A, yeah, we should, I feel like we should have known that one, though, because he's got more picks than he does actual touchdown I should have narrowed it down for you. By the way, this is is also interesting. Breaking news here. Adrian Wojnarowski, um, as I was uh, pointing out that to me, the most underachieving teams are the Daryl Morey teams. Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations, uh, President Daryl Morey, has agreed on a contract (laughs) extension through 27-28 with the Sixers. They have a 653 winning percentage in his three seasons on the job. Hey, man, it's good for business. I don't get it. It's good for business. I don't get it. What do you mean? The team is better and they got rid of James Harden. Yes. The team building, I don't, I don't understand. What do you mean? At some point, don't you have to win something? What have they won? They've never been to the conference finals with Joel Embiid. Like, they've put together a nice team post-James Harden. But he got them into the James Harden mess. You could say he got them out of the James Harden mess. Either of you ready to pick the Sixers to go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year? They're, they're on the board. I mean, the Sixers have the third best record in the conference. I, I wouldn't mean, pick they're, them. They're, right. they're a better team than they were last year. And let's not forget... In game six, they were up 3-2 against the Boston Celtics. And had it not been for Jason Tatum going nuclear in that fourth quarter and and scoring 20 points, they they would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, I I think the Sixers are going to be in that mix because Embiid is that good, and we're finding out that Tyrese Maxey is that good without, without James Harden continuing to pound the ball and run out the shot clock. I agree. He drafted him. He's made a lot of good moves. I get it. He's also made a lot of questionable moves. I need to see what he does with these expiring contracts. Is he going to make another move or is he going to play this out? I just assume the Philadelphia 76ers will win 50-plus games, and I assume they'll lose in the second round and not get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's not like such a bold statement by any stretch of the imagination. And so you want Morey to run the team. I get it. I totally get it. Contract extension today. I think he's a little bit overrated in Man, my mind. he was one Chris Paul hamstring away from going to the, the finals. Going to the, the finals, but I'm glad you said it the way you did it. Team. He was one hamstring going away. Going to. And I'm not a LeBron guy, but I don't believe they would have beaten LeBron.
Like everybody says, oh, because Maury always says we would have won the championship. No, you would have gotten to the finals, as, as CC just but said. But they would have beaten the team that eventually won the championship. Correct, but I don't know if they would have beaten the, the Cavs. But the fact that he has been the architect to put teams together to get in that position, you don't put any weight behind that at all? I do. I just don't need to be quick to extend him. And if he wants to leave, he can leave. Like, I mean, I have Joel Embiid. And I believe that there are other people that can surround Joel Embiid with talent. I believe that also Daryl Morey surrounded him with the wrong talent. It's not as if he'd done a bad job in Philadelphia. He just got his head coach there. Yeah, That just happened. I get it. He just went out and got Nick Nurse. And I think that's going to make a material change in terms of not only what this team is in the regular season, but what they are in the postseason. Again, this is not the same old Sixers from the last four or five years. This is a better team. Agreed. Period. I so agree let's with just you. see what, how it plays out. But apparently, the brass in Philadelphia has seen enough to extend them and to keep Daryl Morey around because they feel like they're pointed in the right direction. You and I both sat here and said we want to see what happens at the deadline, though, right? With all these expiring yeah, contracts. So, yeah. like, they got. They, what do you have said no to the contract? But they, but they have maneuverability, and the biggest reason why is because he parted company with a guy that. Basically, he staked his career on and made him in James Harden. Yep. That's a tough decision. And he, he made the tough decision. So when you're evaluating GMs, I think that's a part of it. Can you make the tough decision to make the franchise healthier and to make the team better? Yes to both of those. Yeah, to be able to maneuver out of that situation and still find yourself in a place where you're having success, I think that that's worthy. No doubt about it. No doubt about <laughs> that's it. worthy no doubt. of bringing Now, back. can the Buffalo Bills make the tough decision if they lose this game to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday? What is the tough decision? The tough decision is firing Sean McDermott. Whoa. Well, not in season, you don't think. No, I don't think you fire him in season, but that will be the decision that you have to come to, right? I mean, if they lose on Sunday to the Cowboys, they are, in effect, eliminated from the postseason. Like, when you just look at how it's all going to shake out, they don't really have any of the tiebreakers against the teams that they're going to be competing against for those last two wild cards in the AFC. I mean, there are six teams that are 7-6 and six in the conference fighting for two wild cards. If the Bills lose this game against the Cowboys, even though it's non-conference, they are done. So if they lose, it, it, it has to be a part of the conversation about moving on from Sean McDermott. I would. And, exactly. and by the way, I, I would with the understanding that there are some people in sports, Mike McCarthy was this guy, ironically, who he's playing this weekend, that can get fired from one job and hired the next day at another job. Absolutely. This is not Brandon Staley who he's going to get fired from the Chargers and will not be a head coach anytime soon. If another franchise, maybe Carolina, where he was previously, wants to hire Sean McDermott the next day, no issue. He has enough of an on-field resume, maybe not have him do team meetings, but he has enough of an on-field resume where you can hire him immediately, and I'm totally fine with that. CCS first take. We will continue the Bills-Cowboys conversation coming up on Sportsmanlike Crew for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.